Thank you for calling Gaywire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Hello, and thank you for choosing option 3. Welcome to Gaywire, where everything is at least a little bit queer. My name is Joao Krieger, alias Jovi, and my pronouns are they and them. I am pleased to be here again as your host for this lovely episode of Gaywire. I sincerely hope you enjoy our content as much as we enjoy producing it every week. We have a special interview coming up, but before we jump into it, it's important to remember that Gaywire is a CJSR 88.5 production, a radio station located in a Miskatiwaskaigan on 36th territory in Region 4 of the Métis Nation of Alberta. This land has been the home, traveling ground and meeting place for many indigenous people since time immemorial, and we acknowledge them as the traditional territories of many First Nations, including but not limited to the Nehiwau, Cree, Denisaluni, Deni, Nakota Sioux, Stoney, Anishinaabe, Salto, Nitsitapi, Blackfoot, and Metis. We invite our listeners to reflect on the legacy and contribution of indigenous people to our community, and also on the history of injustice committed against them on the name of settler colonialism. We at Gaywire understand the importance of decolonization, reconciliation, and reparation as an ongoing set of actions to uplift indigenous people and their culture. We also invite you to reflect on your role on the systemic structure and engage in transformative actions when possible. And speaking about transformative actions, our friend Kyo Lawrence, a brave disability and queer activist, is raising money so they can afford a new wheelchair. Mobility devices are incredibly expensive, so Kyo's fundraising has been going on for a while, but they are almost reaching their goal. Please check the link jeffit.org-project-wheelchair for Q and donate if you can. You can also find the link on the podcast notes or at Gaywire's Instagram bio. We have interviewed Q in the past and they told us about their amazing groundwork activism and projects they have been involved in. To listen to these interviews, search for Q's name on Gaywire's page at your podcast platform. You can also follow Q on Instagram at QJustTheLetter. Today, we will listen again from our young and interpret field reporter Artemis Peasley and her interview with Calgarian hip-hop artist Sinzir, who performed at the 2022 edition of the Sled Island Festival. This is the second part of the interview we aired last week, so if you haven't heard it yet, we suggest that you go back to your favorite podcast app and search for an episode named Sled Island Part 3. You can catch all our Sled Island episodes and much, much more over there. With no further ado, let's listen to Artemis Peasley and Sincere.
You just heard Artemis Beasley speaking with Sincere at the 2022 Sled Island Music Festival. You can listen to Sincere songs on all the music platforms out there. And stay tuned for more queer interviews coming up soon. Gay Wire airs every Thursday, 6pm, on CJSR 88.5 FM. You can listen to us on the radio, on the website cjsr.com, or on CJSR's app for cell phones. You can also find Gay Wire at your favorite podcast platform to listen to whenever and wherever you want. If you are listening to us on the radio, we invite you to stick around after our show ends to listen to Queer Jays, Gay Wire's music show. Our Queer Jay producer, Heather Power, created a special playlist of queer music for you all. But before we end today's show, we've got a brief but special segment. Here's today's Queero, a queer hero. Leslie Feinberg's first novel, Stone Butch Blues, is held as essential reading for queers. The novel, which won the Lambda Literary Award, tells the story of Jess Goldberg, a transgender individual growing up in a conservative town in New York and discovering the gay community in Buffalo during the 1970s and 80s. Despite popular belief, the fictional work is not autobiographical. Many queers have found solace and avenues for solidarity in Feinberg's works of fiction and nonfiction in their social justice workers' rights and trans activism. It is revolutionary for any trans person to choose to be seen and visible in a world that tells us we should not exist. Laverne Cox. You just heard two of our special and informative segments. What are your queer heroes? Is there anyone you think deserves a shout-out at our Quiro segment? Send your suggestions to our Instagram DM at GayWireCJSR. We are officially seven weeks away from CJSR's annual fundraising campaign, Fundrive. The campaign starts on October 28th, and it runs for nine days until Saturday, November 5th. We will have special CJSR shows during that period, including music sessions and interviews recorded at our studio. You can contribute to our beloved community radio station by donating any amount you can. More instructions about donations will come up soon. You will get some red CJSR swag depending on the amount you donate, and you can also enter daily draws to get amazing prizes. Stay tuned for more fun drive information in the following weeks and start saving your spare change. That's all the time we have for today's show. But before we wrap up for today, I want to let you know that we have more Sled Island interviews coming up in the next episodes. Next week, you will hear Artemis' interview with Lavender Country. 
Here's a sneak peek of that interview. I'm Patrick Haggerty. I'm still a he, but that could change. And I'm the singer, songwriter of the world's first out gay country album, Lavender Country. Lavender Country. And that's who I am. Not everybody in Lavender Country was queer. Um, there was a one guy named Robert Hammerstrom who wasn't gay, but he was a ballet dancer. So <laughs> that works, right? <laughs> and and so what was the uh, queer community in the 70s and later on like? Because you guys are from around Seattle, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Lavender Country was made in Seattle. And Seattle was a really good town to do the Stonewall Movement. Um, it took on quick and uh, made a lot of gains early. Um, <clears throat> in terms of legislation and um, rights and uh, community structures, Seattle was actually ahead of San Francisco, which pissed us off because San Francisco always got the credit. But Seattle had the, their very first gay, right, gay rights ordinance, and Seattle was the very first place in the world where there was a counseling service for homosexuals that preceded Stonewall. Um, Seattle was the first place where there was a, a, um, a movement to rescind the gay rights ordinance, and we won that battle. And uh, Seattle had the first gay bar on the West Coast, which <laughs> called the Double Header, which was still um, around when we did Lavender Country. Um, so, screw San Francisco. <laughs> um, we, know who we, we knew who we were, right? And what was the what was the music scene in Seattle like back then? God, I don't know. <laughs> I was uh, well. Number one, there wasn't any genre that was ready for queer music, so it didn't matter what the genre was. We weren't welcome, and. So that was that. So, I mean, we had to strike out on our own uh, to make our own music. So um, that's probably one of the reasons that I don't know is because we were segregated musically, and that went on for a long time. Um, there were other uh, queer artists at the time, and some of them were really good. And uh, we made some records, but we couldn't really get anywhere with them. 
and uh, <clears throat> my life wasn't really full of music. Uh, I did sing from the time I was little, and I did some stuff like in the folk genre. Folk music wasn't any more ready for us than anybody else, progressive as they pretended to be, like, screw you again. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't have any musical training. I sort of picked it up on my own. And uh, pe people always ask, how, why did you choose country? Like, country's hick and redneck, and what, you know, why didn't you choose a better genre? Well, there's a couple of answers to that. One is, there wasn't a better genre. <laughs> Surprise. And number two was, I grew up in a barn you know, on a dairy farm, a tenant dairy farm with 10 brothers and sisters. I mean, uh, Dolly and Loretta have nothing on me when it comes to country credentials. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gaywire. Once again, I am Jovi Krieger, they, them, and it has been a pleasure to be your host today. Credit for today's shows goes to our reporters and producers, Afua Asante, Ash Halinda, Artemis Beasley, Terence Adams, and myself, Jovi Krieger. Shout out to our Queer J team, Heather Powell and Olivia McRobbie. Please tune in next week to hear more Prairie Queer content. Until then, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. You can also find us online on Facebook and Twitter at GayWire or on Instagram at GayWireCJSR. Let us know what you think of the show. Hit up the GM sometime. And if you'd rather be fancy, you can also email us, GayWire at CJSR.com. And you never know, you just might get to be a part of the show. Our artwork is by Travis Erickson, original music by Doug Hoyer and Catherine Hiltz. Until next week, and... Please stay on the line.